pilot must of necessity pay attention to the seasons, the heavens, the stars, the winds, and everything proper to the craft if he is to really master the ship. That's Plato, Book 6 of the Republic. Hi everybody, I'm Matt Coots, the host of the Contextual Intelligence Podcast, and I'm excited to be with you today as we talk about Chapter 3, Developing Contextual Intelligence. When I first used the term contextual intelligence over a decade ago, I described it as the ability to correctly discern and articulate what is happening in the present moment of time, combined with the ability to demonstrate the correct course of action relative to that moment. Since the metrics of success often change with the situation, demonstrating the correct behavior can be elusive, but contextual intelligence nevertheless involves understanding how to respond appropriately. One of the things that we talk about in this chapter is responding appropriately in the midst of disruption. And a big part of being contextually intelligent is about handling disruption. The best way that I can say to help you develop a greater capacity to behave contextually intelligently, if I could say it that way, is learn to handle disruption. How you recognize contextual intelligence, how you recognize disruption, one of the hints that's there is a certain level of comfort with four contributors to disruption. One of the things about handling disruption is understanding when and where and how disruption enters your life. It's easy to look back and see that in hindsight, but what the contextually intelligent person does is they anticipate those disruptions before they happen. So they're not just responding to it or reacting to it. They're actually proactive about it because they anticipate it coming, which is the proper use of foresight. So in particular, there's four contributors to disruption that I talk about in chapter three. The first disruptor is complexity. The second disruptor is ambiguity. The third is change. And the fourth is people. And we have to be comfortable with each of those four domains or four spaces of disruption. Complexity is a significant contributor to disruption. Someone who's comfortable with complexity can work efficiently, although they cannot isolate the cause of the problem or immediately recognize a single best solution, they are in fact comfortable with the idea that they may never know exactly how certain things happen or how certain things are related. Let me say that again. Somebody who demonstrates comfort with complexity, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're never frustrated, that, that they can identify every single variable that comes into a situation. In fact, part of complex adaptive system is unlimited number, or at least a, a number high enough to where you can't identify every single one of the factors that contribute to it. So because of that, there's never the pressure there's never the goal of identifying every single variable that contributes to a certain outcome or contributes to a complex environment. It's just, it's knowing that there's going to be more variables. There's always one more variable. So at some point, I've got to get over the fact that I need to know all the facts, all the details, all the factors that are impacting this decision and realize there's a few things that I'm just not going to know. There's just a few things I'm not going to be able to connect the dots on. And that's being comfortable 
with complexity. So it's not knowing every single certain variable, but it is being comfortable with the fact that there will be unknowns in this equation. And that's someone uh, has a superpower that that someone has the capacity to perform better than many other people. So I think that's critical. I mean, we still like to know, and, and it's still good to know certain variables and certain factors, but I don't let not knowing impact my performance, or I don't let not knowing hinder my willingness to make a decision. And that's basically the bottom line and the most important aspect of being comfortable with complexity is I don't let those unknown factors hinder me from making a decision. Now, that doesn't mean that I make decisions without information. Okay, that's this is really, really important. I did not say, I have not said, and I don't anticipate ever saying that, oh, you can just make a decision without collecting information and collecting, you know, certain factors and variables. We need to take a history. We need to understand the context and the background of what's going on. We need to ask questions about the opportunities and the problems that are in front of us. However, that doesn't mean that I keep asking and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking as a stall tactic because I'm uncomfortable with pulling the trigger on a decision. And a lot of people actually do that. And in the guise of wanting more information, in the guise of I need more data to support this decision, they actually stall and they actually use that as a stall tactic to make a decision instead of actually realizing, okay, I'm never going to have all the information that I need. There will always be another variable to consider at some point, I've still got to make the decision. Now, the other thing that accompanies this is the contextually intelligent person is also very aware of the fact that information does change. New evidence is arriving almost minute by minute. The other thing that's really good here about the person who is contextually intelligent and comfortable with these disruptors is the next one, which is comfort with ambiguity. Now, how this ties in is comfort with ambiguity simply means I'm going to be willing and able to change my decision in light of new evidence that shows up. So I don't rush into a decision without information, but I recognize that there's always going to be more information and I'm never going to have all of it up front. So I need to, at some point, make a decision. Now, everyone's comfort level with how much information you use is going to be different, but we need to nonetheless be comfortable with that complexity. And again, all those different pieces and all those different factors that come in. Once we do that, I also need to be comfortable with ambiguity. The ambiguity simply means there's, there's more than one right answer. There's more than one good solution. And kind of what we're taught in our society is that, well, there's a right answer and a wrong answer. Well, in the complex world and people who practice high levels of contextual intelligence, they actually reject the notion that there's only one right answer and everything else is a wrong answer. They understand that answers come in gradients, good, better, best. There's good interventions, there's better interventions, and there's a best intervention. And comfort with ambiguity is understanding that. 
that there's going to be another option to decide, another option to act later on in light of the new information that arrives, the new evidence that shows up. And being comfortable with ambiguity is simply allowing that to happen and then being willing to change an intervention, to change a decision, being willing to go back and re-examine your governing assumptions, kind of like the double loop learning process of once I make a decision and I try it and I and it works great, then I then I pick the right solution or the right problem and the right solution. But if I try a solution and it doesn't work, well, that doesn't mean I've picked the wrong solution. Usually that means I've identified the wrong problem. So I go back and reassess what I think the problem is. That's really what it means to be comfortable with ambiguity. And I think that's really important. And it ties very closely to being comfortable with complexity. The fourth space where uh, that contributes to disruption is change. And so the other thing that I need to be comfortable with is change. And we find that the contextually intelligent person tends to have a high tolerance for change, a high threshold for stress when it comes to change. And I think that that's critical to understand as well. And we talk about this idea, well, be change ready and and manage change and all those kinds of things. But really what we mean by that a lot of times is mitigate change, reduce change, try to maintain the status quo, try to keep things from being disrupted. And it's we're actually talking about the opposite thing here. So being comfortable with change requires accepting and adapting to new things, right? Contextually intelligent people typically do not show that they are annoyed or aggravated when something unexpected or new is announced. They accept the fact of the change in its multiple forms as inevitable. In fact, the axiom, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, means very little to people with high degrees of contextual intelligence. People who are comfortable with change demonstrate contextual intelligence by accepting that life is fluid and full of transition. And instead of fighting it or resenting it, look forward to the possibility of what that change might bring. Now, there's a novel idea for you. It carries with it the notion of being excited about the new journey. And one of the things that I say often is chaos is the package that your potential arrives in. And this applies here in this situation as people who are comfortable with change not only initiate change, but they actually use change as an opportunity to try new things. They use change as an opportunity to innovate and change actually becomes kind of a milestone for them, a red flag, as it were, not in a negative sense, but in a positive sense of, hey, I've got an opportunity to try something new here. I've got an opportunity to experiment here. And chances are, I'm going to get the benefit of the doubt from a lot of other people about this because I'm responding to this or I'm initiating this in response to change. And because of that, we typically do get the benefit of the doubt. So that's what it really means to be comfortable with change. And I think it's critically important to recognize, again, that everyone's going to have a different threshold. This is the comfort with these areas are on a spectrum. They're on a continuum. And some people are going to have high and some people are going to have low. But the goal is always to try to generate more comfort with these things. The fourth 
area that we need to have comfort with, uh, which is another wild card, is people in general. Contextually intelligent people are comfortable and responsive to other people's experiences and ideas, even those that they disagree with. Now, one of the contextual intelligence behaviors that specifically addresses this, we call cognitive diversity. And that's just being able to appreciate not just the differences that we have that are visible differences, but the differences we have between each other relative to how we think, how we problem solve, how we even use experiences. It's one thing to say, oh, these people have different experiences because of their background, because of their uh, career trajectories, et cetera. But it's another thing to say, well, these people actually use and interpret experiences differently. Even people who have the same experiences, take siblings, for example, who grow up in the same house with the same parents, same rules, uh, same school, All a lot of things are the same. The experiences, if you looked at them, observe them from externally, you'd say they have have the exact same experiences or very similar experiences. But even though those experiences are very similar, they are interpreted and remembered completely different. That's what cognitive diversity recognizes and understands. And I think that's really, really important because we spend so much time in our society and culture today talking about the uh, the differences between people and from a diversity standpoint, the biases that we carry, you know, all those kinds of things. That's a different conversation, but I think we miss something really important when we forget the fact that it's not just the experiences that make someone different. It's it's how we interpret and define and apply those experiences that makes us different. Therefore, even people who look the same, grew up the same, and have identical or even very or similar or even identical experiences will interpret them completely different, walking away with a completely different insight from what just happened. So being comfortable with that type of person or being comfortable with the aspect of how people are is really, really important. And again, the contextually intelligent person is going to be able to do that better than most. Let's let's be honest. People can be strange. They bring with them different perspectives, different experiences, different values, different preferences, different personalities, uh, different biases. Uh, and those differences alone account for what makes people really uncomfortable around them, right? So adding to the challenge of the discomfort is the fact that people's personalities themselves aren't even static. Now, let that sink in for a minute, because here's another big thing that we make a mistake on. We generally tend to assume that somebody has a certain or particular personality. They have that personality forever. They're always going to be that way. And personality is kind of fixed. It's something that you're born with and you can't really do much to change it. Well, that that's completely false. People's personalities change over time. Their experiences change. How they even remember things that happened change. How, how they remember remember things that occurred to you change. And that's really, really important. And as people grow, as their experiences evolve, as they experience increases with different exposures to other things, it always is redefining all those exposures and, and lessons are redefining our memories. They're redefining our personalities and context. Then, as we mentioned in a previous podcast, is a much higher predictor of behavior than personality is. And and understanding that requires being comfortable with people and comfortable with the fact that people are always shifting and always changing. And what a person used to be 
20, 15, 10, five years, or even six months ago, dramatically changes uh, with exposure to new things. And understanding that is really, really important. So just kind of to recap, those are the four areas that we have to learn to handle disruption. And, and again, there's more than that, but these are the four that we talk about in chapter three and a big part of developing contextual intelligence, which is what this chapter is about, is about handling disruption, especially the disruption that comes from complexity, ambiguity, change, and people. And we can, when we can learn to leverage those things and understand those four aspects of disruption and how they impact me and how they interfere, if I could use that phrase, with my life and almost as how much they infringe, maybe that fringe is a better word, how much they infringe on my thinking and my space and what I want to do, the more comfortable I can be, the more resilient I will be, the more contextually aware I will be. And when all of that happens, it simply means that I can now pay attention to more of what's going on around me without being distracted. And when I can do that, I can make better decisions, I can act with more clarity, and I can behave and practice contextual intelligence at a higher level. If you'd like to find out more about contextual intelligence and how you can get a copy of the book, please look at the show notes. There's a lot of details in the show notes from my website to uh, my social media, uh, my shopping page, all those things. But I really encourage you to get a copy of contextual intelligence and read more about the aspects and the finer details within this framework. I think it'll really be a benefit to you. So I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, don't be afraid to reach out to me. I'd love to have a chat.